Hallelujah. Come on, sing glory to his name. Let's do it one more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody give God some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. I said glory to his name. Hallelujah. Man, I feel the anointing on that. How about you? If you don't, your wood's wet. That's the problem with most Christianity. You're singing glory to your own name. This is all about him. It's all about God. It's all about what Jesus did for you and I, folks. You got this whole thing messed up. This is all about Jesus. It's all about God's vision and God's heart and God's house. Whew. You can't feel the anointing on singing glory to his name. You better get your feeler fixed. Because this is all about bringing glory to him. You exist for the glory of God. I said, you exist for the glory. People, I don't know what on earth I'm here for. The glory of God. The Bible says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it all to the glory of God. Do it all to the glory of God. Well, I'm just, no, you're a child of the Most High King because of the blood of Jesus Christ. So each and every day we ought to live to bring glory to his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Maybe you're new, you're not used to this kind of worship. You'll be all right. Amen. We're just warming up for the meeting in the sky. <laughs> so sing a song about that years ago. One more time, if y'all would, sing that glory to his name. Like a choir in here, every hand lifted to heaven. Take 10 seconds to give God a mighty hand of praise. Begin to thank him out of your mouth. Shh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Shh. Hallelujah. I'm going to get right to preaching if that's all right. I feel the anointing, so I might as well get to it. How about it? Hallelujah. Give this team a big hand and you appreciate them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Boy, I can't tell you how many people messaged me and told me they weren't going to be here tonight. I thought it was going to be me and Brother Grant and Sister Holy Ghost back there. Amen. 
I'm glad you folks are here. There's something to be, something tangible about coming together in corporate worship. Especially since all that nonsense in 2020. I couldn't imagine missing being in the house of God. Think about it. We're Americans. They tell us we can't. We will. Come on. <laughs> and after all the church they tried to make God's people miss, we ought to have church all the more. How to come together all the more. Spirit of unity. Spirit of faith. Coming together and lifting holy hands unto heaven. Saying, Father, I want to start my week by singing the blood has been applied. Hallelujah. We get to preaching, teaching something tonight. Amen. I want to tell you this is a thought I had earlier. That God calls us to bring comfort and clarity to situations and relationships, especially ones that are chaotic and confusing. Let me say that again. God calls us, each and every one of you. Look at your neighbor and say, God called you. Come on, don't be a Baptist. Tell them. Say, God called you. <laughs> if you're a Baptist, it's just a joke. Don't worry. I'm an equal opportunity offender. Amen? God calls us to bring comfort and clarity to situations and relationships that are chaotic and confusing. Can I just for a minute? As sons and daughters of God, children of the Most High, like we just sang about, the blood has been applied for us. Amen? Part of our job now is, your neighbors say you have a job. If they don't have one, tell them, get a job. Amen? No, I see. <laughs> oh, boy. Because, hear me, we've been given the Spirit of God. And the word of God. And the mind of Christ. Help me, folks. So therefore, now God has called us to bring comfort and clarity. Comfort and clarity. And the problem is most believers don't know what God's called them to do, number one. And, or number two, they're bringing just the opposite. They're bringing more chaos to a chaotic situation. And more confusion to a confused people. Don't shout me down all at once. But God has called us to bring comfort and clarity to situations and relationships that are chaotic and confusing. And I'll go out on a limb. <laughs> I feel like I live on a limb. And I would tell you that you would be amazed how the Spirit of God will use you in your workplace, in your business in the relationships you're connected to, hear me, that people are dealing with chaotic situations and God knows they're dealing with confusion. Whew. And if you'll bring comfort and clarity, if you'll bring comfort and clarity, I'm telling you right now, God will use you by the power of his Holy Spirit. And it'll cause people me, I feel this. It'll cause people to turn to him. I said it'll cause people to turn to him. Why? Because just like David, you could say, you ought to look to the hills where my help comes from. I used to deal with that same chaos. Come on, somebody. I used to deal with that same 
confusion, if you would. I, I wouldn't know how to handle things before, but because of what Jesus has done for me, hear me, because I've, I've been a student of the Word of God, because His Holy Spirit lives in me, listen, because I come to church and corporate worship, I've learned how to have comfort and clarity in chaotic situations amidst confusion. I've learned how to hear the voice of God. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about how you can be a light to other people. It'll cause unbelievers to look at your life, not because you're flexing your muscles, because you're able to walk through things. Hear me. That would destroy other people. You're able to square your shoulders and say, no, that case ain't going to get me. It might be all around me, but it ain't getting in me. Come on, I've talked to you before. Those big old ships get out there on the ocean. Yeah, there's waves smacking against them. All kinds of things happen. As long as they don't get in the ship, it's fine. Might be poison going on around you, but it doesn't get in you. It doesn't poison your well. And because it doesn't do that, it'll cause the unbeliever to look at your life and say, everybody else has chaos. Why don't they have chaos? Everybody else is confused. How do they have such a calmness about them? How do they have such a clarity about them? Why are they so comforted? You can say, oh, let me tell you why. Because I have the great comforter. It's not that I'm strong, it's who's strong within me. I was weak, but where I'm weak, he became strong. Hear me. And the Bible says it like this. He'll use the foolish things of the world. Come on, look at your neighbor. <laughs> Come on, some of y'all graduated school of hard knocks. Some of you stay there for life. Come on, somebody. The Bible says he'll use the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Don't tell the kids because they're upstairs. But he said in Psalm 119.99, he said, I'll give you wisdom. Hear me. As a student, they don't make you wiser than your teachers. Oh, baby. I'm telling you, when you hook up with the Holy Ghost, I said when you hook up with the Holy Ghost, you can walk through chaos and it doesn't affect you. You can walk through confusion and have perfect clarity. Great comfort. Why? Because you like the storm? No, because the storm must cease. Come on, Rodney Atkins can sing you're going through hell. Just keep going. You might get out before the devil even knows you're there. And he don't have the Holy Ghost. Then come on, people. Come on, folks. Amen. Turn with me to John chapter 15. This will be our main text for tonight, but it might be for a couple of weeks. We'll see. John chapter 15. John is in the New Testament, the Bible. If you don't have a Bible with you, you can follow on the screens. I would tell you this. Everybody needs a Bible. Everybody needs to read the Bible every day. Well, I came from a church where they told me only the priest could read the Bible. Well, they lied. Amen. Everybody needs the written word of God. If you have a smartphone, I know you do because you got all those socialist media apps on there. Amen. You go on there and download the YouVersion Bible app and even read a verse a day. Uh, together as a church here, we start at the beginning every year. We read through the Bible together in a year. You know what it is? It's great accountability for one another and encouraging one another to read God's word daily. And if you miss a day, ain't nobody can see that. Amen. But it helps encourage one another, hear me, and build each other up and grow in the knowledge of God. Amen? So it says like this, John chapter 15 and verse 12 says like this, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Huh? Oh, baby, that's a challenge in itself. You might say, oh, no, it's not. And tomorrow's Monday. 
And Sister Sandpaper sits at the cubicle across from me. Amen? And it's a little hard to love them sometime. Come on, I've told you before. I'm just as honest as I come. <laughs> I, told, I told you before. I told God one time, I said, God, I don't like that guy. <laughs> he said, I don't like him either. <laughs> but he said, I commanded you to love him. My commandment is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this. To lay down one's life for his friends. These are words written in red, folks. This is Jesus speaking here, amen? You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. Oh, 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 back to train. <laughs> Everything I have learned from my father. Jesus said, I ain't hiding nothing from you. Bad religion hides. Oh, man. Bad religion hides. The gospel, hear me, always shines its light in two. That'll help some of you. Bad religion always hides. The gospel shines its light in two. Jesus says, wait a minute. Everything I have made known to you, everything I've learned from my father. Now, this is John 15, the next chapter over. John 16, he says it like this. I think it's verse 15. He says, all that I have, God has given unto me. And the Holy, Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, is going to show it unto you. Oh, come on. Everything God has, everything God is, he wants to reveal to you. God is not far off. God's closer than you could ever imagine. Just because you don't open the book, don't shout me down all at once. Just because the only time you pray is when you're in a bad situation. Well, I don't feel God anymore. Quit going by your feelings. Say, like God, by faith, I believe you hear and answer my prayer. By faith, God, it's your breath in my lungs. Come on, somebody. By faith, God, I am what I am by the grace of God. Come on, somebody. So all that I've learned from my Father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit. Huh? Yeah, imagine that God saved you to do something. Oh, boy. Not just to sit on your blessed assurance your whole life. If you don't know what that is, you'll figure it out in the ride home. He says, wait a minute, no, 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 you didn't choose me. I chose you. Show. That right there, there's so much comfort in, knowing that the one who made the heavens and the earth, that spoke this thing into existence, chose you and chose me. The Bible says even when you were faithless, he remained faithful. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but I have great faith in that. I thank God for that because there was a lot of times in my life I was not faith. I was very, very faithless, but he remained faithful. That his mercy and his grace and his goodness were still there for people like you and I. Come on, it's more than just singing about a song. It's living this thing out. 
It's, you know, oh, they were a wretched one. No, 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 I was so far from God. Come on, somebody. But thanks be to God because of his amazing grace. Though my sin reached far, his amazing grace reaches even further. Help me here tonight. And I thank God he's chosen us. He's appointed us. He's called us to make a difference in our generation. If you believe that, somebody give God a mighty hand of praise. I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. And watch this, fruit that will last. Not them rotten Walmart bananas. That's not a shot at Walmart. It's just, yeah, you get it. <laughs> no, fruit that will last. Let me ask you this. What's the only thing that lasts? Souls. Oh, man. What's the only thing you take eternity with you? Now, he said, wait a minute, I, I've chosen you, I've called you, I've appointed you for a purpose to bear fruit. Yes, we love the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? Yes. If you operate in the gifts of the Spirit, you absolutely should practice the fruit of the Spirit, too. Yes. It's not if or or. There's nine gifts and nine fruit, and I call them the big 18. They all work hand in hand. Somebody say amen to this. But he says, wait a minute, I, I have called you to bear fruit that will last. How do we do that? By reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. By depopulating hell and populating heaven. Somebody wants to go to hell, you ought to tell them the only way you're going, brother, amen. It was over my dead body. Whew. No, it's that we may get our passion again for souls, for the fruit that lasts, folks. Fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Somebody say Amen. This is my command, love each other. All right, now Proverbs 14.4 in the Passion says it like this. The only clean stable is an empty stable. Oh, help me. <laughs> help me, somebody. The only clean stable is an empty stable. What do you mean by that? Well, anybody ever work on a farm? <laughs> you know, it ends up in the stable, don't you? Somebody got to shovel it out. Come on. Young people are looking at me. Huh? The passion, he says this, the only clean stable is an empty stable. So if you want the work of an ox and to enjoy an abundant harvest, you'll have a mess or two to clean up. Yeah. I love how it says that in the passion. Okay, the only, clean, the only clean stable is an empty stable. So if you want the work of an ox, because it's work, following Christ is work. Come on, going to church with a body of believers is work. Sometimes you deal with a mess or two. Help me, somebody. Sometimes you deal with brother sandpaper, sister sandpaper, whatever it might be. But here, here, when we move beyond people and we move beyond preachers and music and this whole thing and say, no, no, I have a heart for the house. I'm moving with the vision that God has placed in his house. Hear me. I ain't got time for nonsense. I, I don't have time for the, the mess. You know what I do with messes? Clean them up and move on. We got a two-year-old, a four-year-old. There's mess. Before we had kids, the house was clean all the time. <laughs> Great to see you. Every time I come home, I feel like all Carolyn is doing is cleaning up mess. From the kids, amen? From that ox or two. 
The only clean stable is an empty stable. So if you want the work of an ox to enjoy an abundant harvest, how many people want an abundant harvest? Come on, I'm talking souls here now directly. We want to see an abundant harvest of souls in God's house, yes or no? Yes. So we're on the same page. How about you guys over here? We want an abundant harvest of souls in God's house, yes or no? Yes. Okay, so let me just bring it all home here for a second. With an abundant harvest of souls, which God has been given us and God will continue to give us by the grace of God. Somebody say amen. amen. We're going to have a mess or two to clean up. You're going to have to deal with some things sometimes. Let me help you. Uh, wherever y'all go to shop, Walmart, Super Day, whatever's around here, right? <laughs> whatever it's called. <laughs> Sunoco, whatever you're into, amen. Oh, man. Whatever's, watch this. You know everything about every person in that place? You still shop there? Somebody offended me at church. I'm not going to that church ever again. <laughs> this is America. This is what we're li living and dealing with. You still go to Walmart. I'm sure there's all kinds of offensive people in Walmart. <laughs> go there late at night. They're dressed offensively. Amen. <laughs> Maybe you're not offended, but I did. Never mind. <laughs> Think about this, though. Sounds funny, but it's true. To stop you from shopping there? How about you go in a gas station? You think there's bad people in the gas station? There's bad people all over the world. There's good people, yes, there's bad people. There's good doctors, there's bad doctors. Yes or no? Don't stop you from going to the doctor. Maybe there's good attorneys. <laughs> no, sorry, a bad example. Hey, whatever it might be in life, there's good and bad and everything, but watch this. Hear me. When you have a purpose, come on, ladies, we've seen some of y'all shop. You are on a purpose. And the purpose, I think, is to try and run some of us broke. Amen. You don't go in there, oh, well, you know, Loft wasn't very nice to me. There's somebody in there I don't like. No, you go there and you pull things off that rack and try things on. And do whatever you do, amen. Come out of there with arms full of stuff. <laughs> Why? Right here. The only clean stable is an empty stable. You want to bunker down and live at home by yourself and not, not ever go to church and not ever do anything? Fine, you'll have a clean stable. You don't believe me. What happened in 2020? Well, I'm just going to hide because the virus won't get me if I hide. Look, and I'm not making fun of people, but I'm being straight with you. This whole world got disconnected. People began hating each other. All kinds of stuff goes on. Next thing you know, every, now everybody's offended by everything. There's people getting offended while I'm preaching tonight. Who cares? So that's... E-X-I-T on that door is, or the other one. Or there if you need help to find the doors. You're going to deal with a mess or two, especially if you want to have an abundant harvest. Let me help you. If you're going to lead people to God, not everybody's going to go, oh, yes, I just want to come to Jesus. <laughs> Calling it for what it is. But the first person that turns you down, you're going to say, well, I'm never going to witness again. No. 
uh, that didn't exactly go the way I thought. Who cares? Move on and do the next thing. The first day you had a cold and you took whatever you took, it didn't go away after day one. Day two, what do you do? Oh, come on, be honest. Lie, you fry. And day three. Well, I don't know if it's working. I'm just going to keep taking it. Right or no? Oh, come on. We, <laughs> you've been going on all that. 17 shots later. I'm just going to keep taking it. Sorry. Oh, if that offends you, it's just a joke. It's going to be okay. It's just to lighten it up a little bit. But think about it. You don't think nothing of it. He said something offensive, Lars. I'm never going there again. That preacher's mean. No, I'm not. I promise I'm not. I really love God and love you enough to come here and tell you the truth. I'm honestly not that mean. Right, Brother Jeff? But I'll tell you this, the only clean stable is an empty stable. So I just want to lay this out. By God's grace, we're going to keep winning people to Jesus. We're going to keep growing. We're going to keep advancing, doing the things of God. But I realize as a pastor, I'm of a mess or two to clean up every once in a while. And I've had to clean up some. In my life. But guess what? I'm still standing. There's people, there's people that have walked out. I mean, I don't just mean here. I'm just saying over my career in ministry, I'll say. People change. People come. People go. But I'm telling you right now, if you'll stay committed to what God has called you to do. Hallelujah. I'm preaching myself happy. You'll have a mess or two to clean up, but you'll get through the thing. Amen. We'll keep building the barn, filling the barn. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Proverbs 14.4, King James, New King James. Where no oxen are, the trough is clean. But much increase comes by the strength of an ox. Much increase comes by when people come together. Well, we were talking about this for hours the other night. People come together. With one vision and one purpose and one accord. And say, yeah, it'll be a mess or two to clean up, but I'm committed to God's house. I'm committed to the vision of what God has. Come on, help me, somebody. I'm going to still show up. I'm going to still serve. I'm going to still give. And if just because the devil tried to create a mess, I'm going to hit it twice. Oh, help me. I'm going to hit him twice as hard. I'm going to work all the more to lead people to Jesus. Just because somebody turned me down or somebody acted like an idiot or something happened, I'm going to keep moving forward in Jesus' name. Let me encourage you. Don't quit. Keep moving. The barest way to the blessing of God is being consistent in the things of God. Hallelujah. Number one tonight, the most important relationship you have is your relationship with God. I'll say it again. You don't like it too bad. The most important relationship you have is your relationship with God. Hear me, young people. It's not the girl you think you're going to marry. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. I told Brother Joe here last night. I said, Joe, quit looking for a wife. We got this tractor trailer to load. Amen. <laughs> I did. Didn't I? Amen. I said, you look for a wife another time, brother. 
I'm tired. We want to load up and out of here. Am I telling the truth, Brother Jeff? Sure am. Hear me. <laughs> the most important relationship you have, whether you realize it today or when you hit rock bottom, is your relationship with God. So why not today make Christ the center of your life before you hit rock bottom? Because you either receive him now or you can receive him when you're on your back looking up. But I'm telling you, why not realize today the most important relationship I have is my relationship with God. And Brother Paul, everything, every other relationship stems from that. If I'm going to be a good dad, i got to have a great relationship with God and grow in knowledge with God and a wisdom with God to understand how to parent children, especially nowadays. Come on, somebody. They are making fun of me the other night. I, I, I was telling them stories and they are laughing at me. You know, I'm not one for changing diapers, believe it or not. Got a deer? No problem. Messy diaper? Uh-uh. <laughs> and all the husbands said, come on, man, I'm trying to set you free in this place. All the husbands said. <laughs> so, Brother Heath, <laughs> Carolyn was coming over to teach the ladies thing the other night, and she left Mr. Levi with me. Which I thought was fine. And I won't tell the whole story because, uh, <laughs> praise God. <laughs> They're laughing because they know the other end of the story. So without going into all great details, Jerry, I ordered food. And they said, you know, it'll be how long, whatever. So I said, all right, Levi, I'll get a shower, do all that. I figured I'd help his mother out, amen. Giving him a shower, doing all that. And then came time to put the diaper on, which is no big deal. Because it's a fresh diaper, and the other one was fine too, right? <laughs> Except I didn't know that those tabs are supposed to go a certain way. <laughs> so apparently I strapped the diaper on them backwards. <laughs> I went to those, what are those classes? Le Mans? I went to like half of one of them. And uh, they were doing all kinds of things that, uh, I'm a man, let's just say that. And uh, so Carolyn finished those out with my mother. And uh, <laughs> I won't go into great detail because I promise it'll make you laugh a lot, but it'll also make you scratch your head and wonder when you look at me. <laughs> so, anyway, long story short, should I tell them? Yeah. So, we go down and pick food up. I won't say all that. And I'm getting out, and I was just running and grab the food. And I thought, I better leave that window down a little bit in case somehow he reaches the lock button on a truck. I had this big old truck, and uh, I, w I wasn't in there, I'm telling you, a minute and a half, Brother Jeff. And I come out, and I hear music. <laughs> Somebody blowing a horn like there's an accident out in front of this place. And here is Carolyn's son. Bill, God was my witness, standing on the driver's seat of my truck, pulled the hat off the dash, put it on his head, turned the radio up, and was holding on the horn. <laughs> Went to open the door, door was locked, so good thing I left the window down. I was able to reach in and un unlock the door. 
and I told him, I said, Levi, son, let me help you. If the Lord should tarry someday, you're going to get married. And the thing with women is, brother, I was only in there about a minute and a half. Come on, man. I said, you can't be blowing the horn like that. Because someday when it's an hour and a half and you're still waiting, blowing the horn is not a suitable response. So then Carolyn gets home and she says, why are his pajama pants on backwards? Come to find out it wasn't only the pants, it was the diaper too. Amen. So that's all the story I'm going to give you. Why do I tell you all that? Because watch this. On a more serious note, everything stems from your relationship with God. How you treat other people will be determined upon your relationship with God. Thank you. I'll take that one amen. And I think Kevin gave me a Holy Ghost grunt over there in the corner. Amen. Let me tell you this. People may compliment your life, but only God can complete your life. The Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing, obtains favor from above. Amen? Come on. So a wife can compliment your life. Say amen. Ladies, your husband can compliment your life. Get quiet. Come on, ladies. But watch this. They cannot complete your life. Young people, I know you're in love. I know she's the girl of your dreams. But hear me. The most important relationship you have is relationship with God. And when your relationship with God is right, hear me. You understand, yes, they compliment me well, but they don't complete me. Yep, that's right. Over here. Yes, they compliment my life well, but they don't complete my life. The only thing that completes my life is Jesus. Because Jesus plus nothing still equals everything. If you believe that, somebody give God praise. Come on, Jeremiah 31.3. The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Come on, that's good right there. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. The Lord has appeared, the Lord of old, to me, and saying this, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. The Bible says in Romans 2.4, It's the kindness of the Lord that leads to repentance. Come on, somebody. Revelation 2.4. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. God says, wait a minute. I have a complaint against you. Oh. He says, you don't love me or each other like you used to. The most important relationship in your life is your relationship with God. Number two tonight, the second most important decision you'll make is the way you're going to treat others. Oh, sing Silent Night, Holy Night tonight, Grant. The second most important decision you'll make is the way you treat others. Number one, the most important thing is your relationship with God. But number two is how you'll treat other people. Now, I just said it before, how you treat other people is really a direct result of your relationship with God. How you handle people, let me help you. Something you'll give an account for. 
You don't get to use and abuse people. Don't shout me down all at once. I said, you don't get to use and abuse people. You treat people well, the way God would treat them. Let me help you, the way you'd want to be treated. You want to be used and abused? Right. You want to be loved by God. So if God loves you, you should love others. Amen? Let me help you. Come on, Matthew 7, 12. The Passion says it like this. In everything you do, be careful to treat others the same way you'd want them to treat you. Come on. You like when people are nasty to you? I don't. I don't. And in fact, I don't know, maybe because I'm getting a little older. 32 now. I'll be 33 in December. I've always been a little bit ornery, amen? But it seems to be increasing. Bill, you know what I can't take? People who don't treat people well. I'm telling you right now, and I don't put up with it. I had a guy, I think I told this story maybe a few weeks ago. Maybe I didn't. We were pulling into a certain place, and this guy came out of the house there and screaming, cursing, acting like a nut job. I don't even know who he is. You know what I did? I pulled right up and knocked on the window. There's still a little redneck in me. The Lord's working it out. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. <laughs> you seen the look on his face. I think he was fine yelling while he was hiding inside and I was in the truck. Get out and knock on the window. What do you want? What do you want? I said, that's not how you treat people. I said, maybe nobody ever told you that. Maybe I watched a little too much John Wayne when I was younger. I don't know. Just seen a look on his face. Well, I don't want no trouble. I said, there's no trouble. Don't treat people like that. I can't believe you did that. Oh, you wouldn't believe the things. Somebody said to me, I got all kinds of draw stories. I said, yeah, the half has never been told. Amen. <laughs> I'll tell you this. Every time I've seen that person since, you know, I say, hey, how are you? Oh, you're not yelling the F word every other word and wanting to kill somebody now, are you? Why? Because he probably did that his whole life and nobody ever set him straight. I don't mean that rudely. I mean, don't treat people like that. I won't tell you all what I told him, but I just made it clear to him that's not how you treat people. Would you like to be treated like that? You don't treat people like that. He's lucky I'm halfway sanctified. <laughs> Amen? Otherwise, I'd have pulled him out on the porch and felt that slapping anointing come over me. <laughs> you can't do stuff like that. Says who? I was, we were joking the other night. When I got together with Carolyn, she chased me all the way from Maui to Massachusetts. That's the truth. She's from Montreal, all these M's. I don't know. That's the gospel truth. But I'll tell you this. What are you laughing about? That's the truth. i tell you this, and I mean this sincerely. She was so proper. She is so proper. And polished, speak multiple languages, all this kind of stuff, educated, and there's me. <laughs> I'm lucky if I speak half English. I send my notes over to them and they, they fix them, amen? Like, I don't think that's how you spell that. Don't worry about it, amen. Just put it
But I, hear me. Hear me. It's funny how God will use people to help other people out. And I, I really mean this. I'm using some humor, but there's serious depth to this. That how you treat other people is a direct reflection of your intimacy with God. Don't tell me you're a Christian, and I don't know how else to say it, so bear with me, and treat people like trash, or be a scumbag. I'm sorry, that's a, I don't know how else to say it. Actually, I'm not sorry. I don't know how else to say it. If you want a nicer word, she gave me one. Amen. Really, if you're going to call yourself a Christian, treat people well. You go to a restaurant, you have to be the best tipper there. Oh, quiet now. Oh, I would like to invite you to church. I left you a 2% tip. Don't invite them here. Invite them somewhere else. Amen. <laughs> no, really, though. You ought to be a few things. I, this is, I want to share this with you. You ought to be an encouraging person. An encouraging person. When you walk in the room, are you a battery charger or a battery drainer? You know, we were loading out last night, and uh, I don't know if I go into all this, but whatever. The guy says to me before the show, and I've worked with this uh, one guy, three different tours, and this one he was with Big Daddy. We, it was great. And anybody help with the concert, I appreciate it, because that's kind of my shop, so I uh, really appreciate your help. Amen? But uh, he says, you know, the earliest loadout we've had, Paul, was 2.30 in the morning every night. So I said to him, I said, yeah, you'll have taillights by midnight. They laughed. I'm like, oh, you don't know who you're laughing at. <laughs> Brother Jeff, am I telling the truth? Aaron? Heath? Eric? I said, brother, they don't call me Pharaoh for nothing. I was hollering at everybody. Not, not, hear me, not, not treating them well. I was making light of everything. Brother Jeff told me this morning, didn't you? He said, I've never laughed that hard working in my life. I said, you ought to come on a garbage truck. <laughs> it's like a comedy show. You know why? Because you can motivate, hear me, and be encouraging to people in a way. And when people are moving with a common goal. Yeah, 1128. What, am I telling the truth? Their taillights were leaving that thing. The guy said to me, he said, you want a job? I said, no, I have a job. I said, truthfully, I'm tired. I just want you to leave. Amen. <laughs> now watch this. Brother Kenny's back there. But every time, you know, they got all these road cases and all this stuff, right? And I'm, I'm hollering, you know, we're cheering everybody on, acting crazy, right? And having fun. And I, you know, and then you have uh, Junior Bacon here and his, his brother. Right, Jer? For whatever reason. All the rest of us, Jeremy and Brother Pesci and all them, we're setting chairs up, tearing chairs down. Right, Ron? Loading things in, loading things out. You'd think a couple of young guys, <laughs> not mentioning any names, would find themselves a little more useful. I'm just being encouraging. Amen. And so I told them, I said, here's the thing. For some reason, they ended up on the merchandise team. Lars, this one was selling ladies' T-shirts. This one was selling necklaces. 
are laughing. This is true. I told him, Bill, I said, never again. I'm getting a list of who's serving where beforehand. Get the grannies together. Let them sell the T-shirts. Let these guys push the cases. Now watch this. Talk about being encouraging, right? We're pushing all these cases out. And Jeremiah, telling the truth, every time we come out through the lobby, here's Kenny. Let's go! <laughs> Clapping, cheering, right? right? Am I telling the truth? Now watch this. It caused like 50 other people who are just still standing there to start clapping. They don't know what they're clapping about, what they're cheering. God is my witness. Am I telling the truth? Watch this. It's amazing how being a little bit encouraging can motivate. Oh, man. Come on. Can motivate people to get something done. It's amazing in the body of Christ if we start encouraging one another. And the Bible says spurring one another on to good works to get the work done. Come on, somebody. Brother Jeff told me this morning, he says, you're a kid at heart. I said, I always will be. I had those guys laughing so hard on that tour. Some people might have found it offensive. Maybe I watched too much Don Rickles as a child. And probably every other day in my life. Amen. Watch this. You can laugh and have fun and get work done in a record time by encouraging one another. Come on, somebody. All right. You don't believe me? Here's what the Word says. The Word says in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, discover creative ways, come on, Kenny, to encourage others and motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. Hello? As some have formed the habit of doing. All you live streamers, I love you. Get to church. Sincerely, there's no reason you can't be here. My great uncle's here every Sunday night. How old are you, Uncle Brian? Yeah. 95. He don't live in Honesdale either. You know where he lives? Good old town of Montdale. Come on, somebody. Brother Harrison said, I went through Montdale today. I said, I'm a legend there. Amen. <laughs> Let me get that in the right home. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day drawing near. Come on, somebody. Number two, real quickly, be an honest person. Be an encouraging person. Be an honest person. Oh, boy. Proverbs 27, 6 in the Passion. You can trust a friend who wounds you with his honesty. Uh-oh. I'm offended. I'm not saying go around trying to offend people, amen? But I'm telling you this. I love a friend who will tell you the truth. I, I'm telling you, we have some, I don't know how to say it, some wonderful people, really, that make up this church. And, I'm not saying this because I'm here preaching. I brag on you guys when I'm not here. In fact, so much sometimes it gets myself in trouble. As you can see, I don't care about getting myself in trouble because here we are. But I mean that we have some of the hardest working, bar none, encouraging people that care about one another in the work of God. But together, here, accomplishing God's purposes to build his church here. Amen? You can trust a friend who wounds you with honesty, but your enemies... Pretend flattery comes from insincerity. 
Oh, they just, they're so sincere. No, they're not. They're buttering you up, buddy. You know what you do with a turkey before you smoke it? Butter that thing up. Come on. Oh, they're just always flattering me. No, they're a snake. I'm not saying go around being rude. You should be kind to each other. Come on. But somebody that's always just flattering, flattering, flattering. It's fake. It's fake news. <laughs> Still love me? You better not lie. <laughs> Psalm 55, 21. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. Come on, somebody. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. I tell you this, greater honesty builds greater intimacy. Greater honesty builds greater intimacy. You ask some people I'm close friends with, they'll tell you, we have open and honest conversations often. Because if you're willing to do that, you can get through anything. You don't have a snake in the grass then. Where I come from, you know what we do with the snakes? Cut off their heads. Number three, be a faithful person. Come on. Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times, but a brother is born for adversity. A friend loves at all times, but I'm here to tell you when you're going through hell, that's when some brothers are born. Come on, somebody. That's when you know who really has your back. When it hits the fan, if I can say it like that, you know who really stands with you and who doesn't. There's a line that's drawn in the sand. Yes, a friend loves at all times. I'm glad friends love at all times, but a brother is born in adversity. Number four, quickly, be a loyal person. Oh, I'm going to get you. Ruth chapter 1. Come on, Ruth. Verse 16 says like this. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Oh, man, you know anybody like that? I mean, you don't find people like that anymore. But it ought to be characteristic of the children of God. Oh, boy. Don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. This is the Bible, not a stalker. Amen. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I'll be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. <laughs> Can I just for a minute? That's the word of God. Can I just for a minute? Am I saying you're going to die if you don't come here? No, I'm not. Don't even twist what I'm saying. I can feel that. But I'm telling you this. There's something to be said about people who are loyal. There's, there's people in this room, I'm telling you right now, I know I could call them morning, noon, or night with the worst possible news under the sun, and they'll say, I'm with you. I'll stand right with you. I'll shoulder whatever I got to shoulder with you. You know what it is? It's called loyalty. And it's missing in the body of Christ. There's no loyalty to God's house anymore. Come on, some of y'all grew up, it don't matter if you were sick, missing an eye, moving sideways, your butt was in God's house. One time me and Dylan was kids, we were being knuckleheads. My mother drug us to church, next morning we were throwing up in the parking lot. It wasn't from the stomach bug either, amen. Guess where we were? Right in the house of God. You know why? Because we were. it was instilled in us that we were to be loyal to God's house. 
Come on. People are loyal to everything but God's house anymore. It ought to be characteristic of God's children that they're loyal to God's house, loyal to the body of Christ, loyal to a man or woman of God. Come on. I can tell I'm rubbing some of you the wrong way. It's a good night. I tell you this, loyalty is best proven not in someone's presence. It's best proven in someone's absence. I don't care so much how loyal you are around me. What are you saying when I'm not around? You good? I blame some of y'all for some of this. Amen. Some of the conversations we've had this week have been good, good conversations. The Bible says as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. Loyalty is not so much what you say to my face. It's what you're saying behind. And I'll take a step further. We don't have issues here, but I preach stuff like this to prevent things. I learned a long time ago what's... You know, when you, what's preventable is controllable, right? Loyalty. You ought to be loyal. Amen? Oh, everything's great. I didn't really like what he had to say there. I didn't like the way Grant sang that song. Did you hear Grant doesn't like I can only imagine? <laughs> Now think about it. And that's just how the devil, hear me, gets into people's minds, gets into their heart. He works through this right here, the battlefield of mind. He'll sow a seed because people aren't loyal. Not all at once. Next one, be a trustworthy person. Proverbs eleven thirteen. I know I'm using a lot of the passion tonight because it just brings these right out. It says, you can't trust gossipers with a secret. Oh, don't shout me down all at once. Some people ought to do themselves a favor. Amen? Take that T50 stapler and go like this. You can't trust gospelers with a secret. They'll just go blab it all. You ever met anybody like that? Oh, God, if you tell them anything, they're telling 27 people. You know what that means, sir? Let me help you. You're not trustworthy. You're not trustworthy. I had somebody pull me aside last night. Another guy, he's a friend of mine. And he said, you know stuff about me that nobody else knows. My wife doesn't know things of that nature. Not like anything bad, you know what I'm saying? But, and he said, I've come to know I can tell you anything in your vault. I said, so-and-so. I said, you wouldn't believe the stuff I'll carry to the grave for people. I'm not talking sin stuff. If you knew something was wrong with somebody like that, believe me. I've had to handle stuff closer to home than anybody else has to. And if anything, that would prove my loyalty to God's house and my protection to God's house. And if you still don't see that, there's the door. And I mean it. But I'm telling you this. You better watch what you're telling people. I mean, everybody's your friend. Snakes in the grass. They all just want to hear something. They turn around shooting something out of their mouth seven ways. And I tell you this. You're a dum-dum if you come to a church like this and think you're going to do nonsense like that. Because the same way the Lord reveals to me when I pray for people, things about people I've never met before, you think he doesn't remember? I'd go preach places. I know when the offering was cheated. Lord, tell me how much came in. All right. Better watch. Be a trustworthy person. And I love you enough to tell you the truth. Part of my job as being a shepherd is to protect the sheep. 
protect his house. So no matter how close the home it is, I'll always protect God's people and I'll always protect God's house. Well, I just have a problem with my mouth. Staple it shut. Sew it up, shut it up, do whatever you got to do. Part of being an encourager, amen. Put your confidence instead in a trusted friend, for he will be faithful to keep it in confidence. Next one, be a generous person. Proverbs 11, 24, and 25. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Say amen. That's all I'm going to say about that. Next one, be an accepting person. Oh, man. Now let me clarify because I can already see the eyebrows. There's a difference between accepting somebody in love and being tolerant. Oh, man. You're not tolerant because you don't. No, no, no. I accept you as a person. I love you. I'll help you. I'll pray for you. Things of that nature. That doesn't mean I'm tolerant of things you do. doesn't mean I have to tolerate anything you do. You can accept people without being tolerant of things. Just to clear that up, all right? Eh? Proverbs 12, 26. The godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray. The godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray. I was talking to Brother Keith over here the other night. And you can ask him. I don't know for how many hours, but it was a lot. And I would have been there till Jesus come if Carolyn didn't yank me away. Amen. But I, didn't I ask you over and over again, how would you handle this? Right? As a pastor, been around it a long time. How would you do this? What did you do in this? You understand? Godly people give good advice. The Bible says there's wisdom in having counselors around you. Amen? Just make sure you're getting advice from the right person. From a man of God. Not a donkey. Come on. I'm not, don't make me go King James. Huh? Matthew 7, verses 1 through 5. Do not judge others and you'll not be judged. Pretty simple, isn't it? For you will be treated as you treat others. Come on, point number two was about treating other people. This all flows. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you'll be judged. Now, I'm not a rocket scientist, but I'm smart enough to know, judge not lest you be judged. For the same measure you use, be measured back to you. You want to be a judgmental person? I wouldn't want to stand before God if I was you. Go a little further with it. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you'll be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own eye? Come on. How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. In case you're wondering, I do not fend well with people looking down on other people at all. You don't believe me? Come play softball with us. I'm telling you, I can't stand. People have this religious air about I was telling you about it the other night. Religious air about them where they look down on others. That's not very Christian of you. Oh, 
So you're the high sheriff of heaven now. Glad God deputized it. Nice to meet you. Really? You better be careful. Because the Bible says that's what measure will be used back against you. Did you hear about? No, I didn't. And don't tell me. Instead of talking about somebody, how about shut your gossiping mouth and start praying for them? Did you hear about? Did you hear about? Did you hear about? No, I didn't hear about. I'm too busy. Hear me, working. I'm too busy doing what God called me to do. I don't care to be busted up in everybody's affairs. I'm not a busybody. I don't ever care to be. Never will be. I tell you what I care about: people's souls, not their sins. Jesus takes care of sin. My job is to preach the gospel. Your job is to be a witness to other people. Your job is to reach people far from God and invite people to church and show them the love of Christ, not judge them. Let me tell you, everybody's got hurts, everybody's got habits, everybody's got hang-ups. If they tell you they don't, they're a liar. Just because their hang-up isn't the same as yours doesn't mean yours is less and theirs is greater. I feel the anointing, I'm telling you right now. Did you? No, I didn't. But do yourself a favor. Start praying for people. Oh, I would do it better. Yeah, you couldn't lead your way out of a paper bag. <laughs> you know, dare I say it. No, dare I say it between you and Brother Kurt over there. Somebody said, these guys are tough to work with. Kurt, I think you're the one who told me that. I told Heath last night, yesterday, something. I said, I love working with your dad and with Keith. I said, first off, I laugh, work hard. Did you ever see a blind guy do plumbing? I told Brother Glenn the other day, I said, I'm going to tell him the blind guy did the drywall, not the plumbing. Amen. <laughs> we have wonderful, wonderful people. They collectively come together, working on that building next door, doing all we can do. You know what happens all week long? I don't hear anybody, and I mean anybody, complaining about anything. If they do, uh, I show them the door. Amen. Amen. Brother Jim just got back. He'd been traveling for like two and a half weeks. And wait, you see the work I got stacked up for you. Amen. <laughs> doing the electrical. And his brother Paul back there. Amen. And Paul... Could not wait for Jim to come home. Because Paul's been working with me. It's not quite working with Jim, amen? These electricians, they got it easy. Paul said, I'm tired. I said, from what? Stand around? Let's go. We got stuff to do. <laughs> Number three tonight, and lastly, the third and most important decision you'll make, let me help you, is relational awareness. Relational awareness. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Deuteronomy 31.8, it is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Don't just look good on a coffee cup. It's real life. Now, I would tell you this. You and I need to play the long game. What does that mean? We need to give people room to grow. You played a long game, right? This isn't blow in, blow, blow out. This is a long haul, folks. This is I'm running the race. I'm keeping the faith, the endurance, but I got to give people room to grow, too. Some of you ladies, you need to give your husbands room to grow. 
Some of you husbands need to give her some room to grow. Need to care for one another. Need to be there for each other. The Bible says two have become one. Got to give each other some grace. Amen? Not always easy. Come on, lie, you fry. Not always easy. One guy told me, his wife says, we've been married 47 years. He looked at her, is that all it's been? (laughs) 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 Oh, boy. No, really. Can I give you a couple examples from Scripture before we close? How about Samson? He had to play the long game. He needed some room to grow. Come on. Delilah's daddy's inviting him over for dinner. The wine starts flowing. The music starts going. Come on, somebody. And next thing you know, he got himself in some trouble. But before his life ended, hear me. He said, God, if you give me the strength one more time. It's called playing the long game. God plays the long game with people. And God allows people to grow. You know why? Because God has relational awareness. Solomon, come on. He meets some ladies from a foreign country. Next thing you know, they're flying in a private jet. (laughs) All this stuff's happening. And he makes a mess. But God plays the long game with him. God gives him room to grow. And he continued to build the kingdom of God. How about Moses? Come on. I can go on and on. David? Adulterer, fornicator, murderer, blah, 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 any word you want to put in there? But he came to a point in his life where he said, God, I need you to create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. God, I have to repent of my sin and thank God God played the long game with him and gave him room to grow. Come on, how about Jacob? Don't get worse than Jacob. He's the guy that wrestles with the Lord, right? And cheats his brother out of a birthright. Imagine like going through the whole thing. His name, Surplanter, Deceiver. Takes animal hair and glues it to his arms because his father was blind. And he feels like he's touching his brother because he's got hair on his arms and cheats his brother out of the birthright. But God played the long game with him. God gave him room to grow. God gave him mercy. God gave him grace. Last one, Paul and Barnabas. Both great men of God. On fire for the Lord. Evangelists. This whole thing. And there comes a time where they got to go your own way. But yet Paul writes in 2 Timothy, which most people never remember. And he says, tell Barnabas to come to me. We've got to reconcile this thing. We must give people room to grow. And transition. Because the only thing constant about relationships is that they change. The only thing constant about relationships is they change. Like a country song. Some people say, I've been married and divorced. It's okay. 
in every season, hear me, is a lesson to learn. We can grow. If we'll have relational awareness, what do I mean? Relational awareness with God and with other people too. And give people grace. Give people mercy. The way we treat other people. Come on, I've talked this whole thing. It's all about relationship with God and how we treat others. But this relational awareness that we've got to give each other some room sometimes to grow. I know it's a lot easier just to change churches. Say it again. Hang on, Sam. We'll bring you the microphone. Say it. It doesn't change the problem. Unfortunately, what people do is they have problems, they pack them in a suitcase, walk them somewhere else, and they unpack them the next place they go. They do it in marriages, they do it in churches, they do it in relationships, they do it everywhere because there's no relational awareness anymore. I'm preaching better to say amen. I know it's a little more teaching tonight, but this is the type of stuff. This will help you. It will help the health of this church. Team, you can come back. And I'd ask you this. Aren't you grateful that God in his mercy is willing to play the long game with you? He's willing to give you room to grow? Come on. And I'll tell you this, and we're going to close. God can turn any mess into a message. A message of redemption. A message of healing. A message of hope. Any mess, God can turn into a message. I'm going to think about the way Jesus came to this earth. Sounds like a bad sitcom. He got a 15-year-old girl who's engaged to be married. And next thing you know, she's like, it's not what it looks like. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I swear. <laughs> the Holy Spirit did this. What? I mean, think about it. Out of Nazareth, this whole messy, born in a horse trough. Come on. This whole entire thing. And God brings the greatest message of redemption to people like you and I. I'm here to tell you that God will use all things. Somebody say all things. To work for your good. I'm here to tell you the same way Joseph in, in Genesis 50, 20, Paul was able to go like this. What man meant for evil, God turned around and used it for good. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you don't know my Jesus. I know I preach more than enough gospel for you to receive him as Savior and Lord. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt you didn't come here tonight by accident. You're here by divine appointment. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God knew before he laid the foundations of the earth that you would be here, that you would hear this feeble preacher preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit's been drawing people. I'm telling you, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt I can feel it in my spirit. There's people in this room that their souls are in the balance and I know that I know that I know the Holy Spirit's been tugging on your heart all night. I won't embarrass you. I can walk right around the room and pick you out one by one, and I won't do it. Because God's not into embarrassing people. God's into redeeming people through his shed blood. But I'll tell you this. There is no such thing as forgiveness without repentance. There's no such thing as forgiveness without repentance. And I want to do something I call a little mass confession to appeal to my Catholic brothers and sisters. Amen. I'm going to give you the opportunity together, corporately, in a spirit of unity, to confess our sins and receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. 
And make sure you know beyond a shadow of a doubt tonight, the most important relationship in your life is a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. I'll never make an apology for preaching this gospel. I preach this thing every chance I get. We were in the building the other day. I'm covered in sheetrock, mess, and whatever. Following Brother Glenn, amen. <laughs> and I get a call, 1.54 in the afternoon, from a man who owns a large, large television network. I've been on before. He said, Tyler, he said, one of our guests is sick. Would you fill in? I said, I'd be glad to. I said, when? He said, 2 o'clock. I said, I'm there. I came in here, took a Polish bath in the cafe. Bought myself a t-shirt off the rack back there. Put it on. Brother Paul and I got on and preached. And watched scores and scores of people call in for salvation. Scores and scores of people call in with testimonies of miracles. Of what God can do. Every opportunity I get, that's why my voice sounds like this. I get is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. The only thing you can take to heaven with you is souls. The only thing. Well, I was afraid to invite him to church. No. Get out there in faith. They want to push their agenda down your throat. The least you could do is invite them to God's house. Say, all right, I'll listen to your crap. Then you're coming to God's house with me. Amen. Say with me. Say, dear Jesus. Come on. Say, dear Jesus. I admit. I need you. I confess my sin. And I receive you. As Savior and Lord. Tonight. I admit that I'm a sinner, but I believe by your grace I am saved. I confess you as Savior and Lord, and I believe it by faith. Say, Father, fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah couple of things I'm going to cut you loose. Number one, that was the best decision you could ever make. Welcome to the family of God. You need a Bible back there where the Thrive sign is. Kareen's down there and Paul. We'll give you a Bible free of charge. There is never, ever, ever a charge for the gospel. I believe so much of getting the Bible in people's hands. Our friend the Bible smuggler, we sent him some money this week. Amen. He's back in the Middle East. I sent some money to another unnamed country that they're translating Bibles in their language like we do on the regular. And we're doing all we can do to get the gospel of Jesus Christ out before he returns. Amen? A couple things. Number one, go to church. Hear me, it does not have to be this church. But I wish it would be. If it's not this church, that's fine. I'm just about populating heaven. Amen? But please, 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 if you're going to go to a different church, make sure it's a church that teaches all the gospel. That they believe this thing, right, Bill, from Genesis to the maps. Wholeheartedly teach the word of God. Not bits and pieces and patting you on the back. Find yourself a John Wayne cowboy. Amen. I know a good one right here in Honesdale every Wednesday night. Go to church. We're here every Sunday night at 630. Until the Lord tells us different. Number two, read the Bible. Give you a Bible free of charge. Download the YouVersion Bible app. Even if you kind of like me, we can be friends. Amen. Go to church, read the Bible. Number three, pray every day. Hear me. God's not mad at you. God's in love with you. 
But you ain't going to have a good relationship if you don't ever communicate. All the ladies are going, uh-huh. <laughs> prayer is simply, watch us being thankful to God. Young people, prayer is simply going, God, I thank you for another day. I thank you, God, for breath in my lungs. I thank you, God, for closing my back. We have so much to be thankful for. Prayer is really just an attitude of gratitude to God. We were talking about that the other night, Brother Keith and I. How everything, God deserves the glory for it. Everything. It's not ours, it's His. Even the air we're breathing, it's His. We're stewarding it. Clothes on our back, shoes on our feet. Everything we have is because of the hand of God. The least we could do is thank Him for it. Last thing we're going to do, before I cut you loose, we're going to give back to the work of the Lord tonight. I'm going to tell you something that 99.9% of preachers would never say, but I'm after your soul, not your wallet. Because whether you give or don't, that's up between you and God. Should you give? Yes. Why? Because the Bible commands us to. But I've never been after anybody's wallet. I don't care to be after anybody's wallet. God don't need your money. God wants your heart. But for most people, they serve money and not God. But there's a story in Deuteronomy 6, Brother Jim, where the Lord gives his people a little rebuke. Because he says this, I've given you homes to live in you haven't built. I've blessed you with food. I've blessed you with jobs. I've given you the ability to work. Deuteronomy 18, for I'm the Lord thy God that's given the ability. Deuteronomy 6 and Deuteronomy 80 really lays it out. To create and receive wealth that might establish my covenant in the earth with you today. This is not a get rich quick scheme. This is a I'm honoring God with everything. You understand? I'm not promising you're going to go win the Powerball after you gave it an offering. Why? Because I'm not a charlatan. But I tell you this. We're to honor God with our giving and with our living. So he rebukes his children. You know why? Because he says you have said that you've attained this with your hands. It's all the blessing of God in our lives. The car you drove here and yeah, my business bought it. Yeah, because God gave you the ability to do so. Hear me. I have business. I can say this stuff. The watch you're wearing, the clothes on your back, it's because God gave you the ability. May you never forget, hear me, that it's God that did it for you. May you never take credit for the things God did for you. I didn't build this church. God did. I have preachers tell me all the time, and I have people all the time say, well, you built a great church here. I didn't build anything. He built it. I'm just here to work in it. I'm just giving my time, my talent, my treasure to it. Psalm 127.1, Derek says, Lest the Lord build the house, those who labor, labor in vain. My friend Bill's here tonight. Haven't seen him in a minute. But he helped us when we were building, didn't you? Building this place like crazy. I'm telling you. First off, he's the only guy I know who could drink more Red Bull than me. But I'm telling you right now, help me with all kinds of things. Between flooring and stone and insulation. Sure, you wouldn't believe. Come and help me and help me and help me. Working this thing. We didn't build this thing. God did. And the little bit we know, we were using what we could to honor God. Doing the same thing on the building next door. Got the blind plumber. Amen. And we got screw it construction. 
He screws everything with screws. That's why I call him, never mind. Jim and Paul doing electrical. I'd say Glenn doing sheetrock, but really it was Bernice. Amen. The good stuff was Bernice anyway. Look at, no, people coming together, hear me, and doing anything they can do to help advance the kingdom of God. Now, you should have received a program on the way in. If you didn't, get one on the way out. Because next week, we're going to baptize some people in water. Amen. I was told I'm not allowed to set my pool up, so we're getting a different baptismal. Bill, last time I put a huge above-ground pool up in here and baptized people in it. Myself and brother Lars did. But I was told Lars I'm not allowed to do that again because people wouldn't have anywhere to sit. We're going to baptize. You want to be baptized in water? You could scan a QR code in the program. They could help you back at the cafe where Miss Jen and them are. We have an event coming up, another open table event. Up at the Honesdale Pocono KOA on a Friday night. Do a little harvest get together, amen? What's the date on it? I don't know. Read the program. <laughs> and then one other thing, and I'll cut you loose before we give. I'm so proud, and I sincerely mean that, of the young people in this house. Stepping up, taking the initiative. So they're holding an event on the 20th of October called Fifth Quarter. When I played ball, Paul, we only had four quarters. Now they got five. So what that is is, long story short, after the football game at Western Wayne High School, they have an event. We'll have some food, share the gospel with people. And the kids are putting this thing on. And they come to me and they said, Pastor Tyler, would you sponsor it? I said, are you out of your mind? You know I will. And uh, two things about that. And I usually don't even give you announcements, but I feel like I need to tonight anyway. Because some of you don't get here and pay attention beforehand. Amen. If you'd like to volunteer at that event, you can sign up in the lobby. But you have to have clearances. And they got to turn those into the school. So if you're not allowed, never mind. <laughs> Near certain places, you can't be there that night. Amen. If you'd like to give something towards that event, you could give it right in the offering and just write fifth quarter on your envelope or whatever. Not your tithe. If you want to give an offering towards it, it'll help because we're going to sponsor them with food and anything else they need. Amen? Sounds like one of my kids. No? Not yet anyway. Brother Levi would be knocking the house down. Yours? I love it. I don't bother me at all. I mean that. You're numb to it? I'd rather it in the house of God. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I'd rather it in the house of God than anywhere else. It's good to see you. I can get you to shake your hand. Come here. Stand up. Give me a hug. I love you. You doing good? Yeah. Good. I'm glad to see your wife here. Yeah. You doing well? Yep. Good. Yeah. I'm going to pray for you in just a second. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I thank you for this wonderful, wonderful friend of mine. I thank you, God, you know we've been through thick and thin, how you brought my friend out time and time again. I pray you strengthen him, help him. Be an even greater dad than he already is. A great husband, great man, great businessman. But I pray, Lord, he just would have wisdom from you, unlike ever before. I feel the anointing, Lord. And I pray you touch him more, more, and more. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.
Anything I ever do for you. You know that. All right, I'm going to close this out. And get back to the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. Man, I feel the anointing. Lift your hands just one second. Father, in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you for the anointing, Lord. I thank you for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. No better place for kids to be than in God's house. I thank you, Lord, for the Thrive Youth meeting on Wednesday nights, but they got a fire shut up on the inside of them. It says, I want to do something in my high school too. Fifth quarter. God, I pray you give them a whole bunch of souls in the Western Wayne High School. What I find it funny is we did that National Day of Prayer event there earlier this year. Now we're going to step into another one this fall, reaching out to the kids after the game. God, I pray you give them great favor. And I don't believe in blanket prayer, but I'm going to tell you this. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I pray for everybody in the sound of my voice. I pray they wake up tomorrow refreshed and strengthened. I pray above all else this word takes root in their heart. That this week more than ever they realize that a relationship with you is more important than anybody or anything. I pray, Father, this week as they encounter other people, they treat people in a way they've never treated them before. Better than they've ever treated them before. And Father, I pray that they have a relational awareness about them. Everywhere they go. From the top of their head to the soles of their feet, Lord. Use them for your glory. Touch them, Lord. Touch them, Lord. Hi, honey. I'm going to pray the Lord touches you. The anointing's all over you. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, touch her, Lord. Fill her with the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you weren't here by accident. God knew you were here. Divine appointment. And I'm glad Fawn had the guts to invite you over here. Touch her, Lord. Touch her, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Now I pray as you give, as you go. The Lord touches you. The Lord strengthens you. The Lord gives you great favor. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. So wonderful to see people. Young people. Older people. Everybody in between. Coming to God's house. Coming together. Spirit of unity. Spirit of faith. Spirit of love. So I pray this week, Father, that we'd exemplify you well. And I believe by faith, as we work together in the harvest, that this thing will grow unlike ever before. And we'll reach more people than we ever had before. In Jesus' name, amen. You can bring an offering to the altar of the Lord or in the back. I pray you have the best week of your life.